Hello, and welcome to the Develop Podcast. Thank you for joining us. My name is Ben Gilbert, and I'm hosting a series of episodes which explore how the Salvation Army is working within different communities around the world. In this episode, I'm speaking with Ben Cottrell, an officer from the UK Territory who's been recently working with the International Projects Office. Prior to his training as a Salvation Army officer, Ben did his degree in international relations and has a master's in global studies. He spent some years working at the international headquarters and the Swedish Development Office and also some months in India, supporting the work of the Salvation Army there. Part of Ben's current role has been to bring his experience and knowledge into our own wider understanding of resilience and what that means in a Salvation Army context. Yeah, so in, in 2014, I, I was commissioned as a Salvation Army officer uh, with my wife, Rebecca, and we were appointed to a corps in uh, Yorkshire. Yeah, so as a young officer, you know, you're going through a lot of uh, learning in that uh, that journey of, of um, being a, a leader of a, a church, a corps, but also being kind of embedded in the community. My first kind of moment where I had to really think intentionally about resilience was... Um, it was when three uh, people I was supporting um, attempted suicide or, or completed suicide. Wow. And that really um, uh, knocked me for six, <laughs> as we say. Um, it was the first moment I ever have, have wept um, and I really bro- broke down emotionally. Um, we always talk in the church and... and um, well, in, in the army about transformation and it just felt like it it was it was um always out of reach um i was in a community that that was fantastic in so many ways but had lots of challenges mm. um, drugs social segregation a high unemployment um maybe a core that had lost maybe lost its way a little bit um but anyway, I broke down emotionally um, one night, which is really unlike me. I'm I'm quite a stable guy, and I realised that I needed um, I needed some help. I needed some time out, and I was going to need to actually rebuild my ministry in a different way. And I would probably call that um, yeah, having a resilience approach to my ministry as a Salvation Army. Uh, mm. Uh, officer so I basically um, started having kind of more professional supervision supervision um, and initially it started as counseling um, how how was I going to uh, manage myself my own emotions when I was in a, a context which was so unstable um, mm. every day I was meeting people who were on the edge, um, had no food, were refugees, had been trafficked, um, victims of domestic violence. And you're trying to hold the whole kind of core together, which wasn't firing on all cylinders, shall we say. Um, So I had to start putting in some mechanisms um, and seeing what resources that even at the army, the army were brilliant in supporting me in that. Um, uh, People coming alongside me but I was going to have to build for the long term um, uh, and recognize that I was also going to have to start thinking about resilience for the community and with the community. 
Mm. Um, how were we going to, because I was not always going to be around and, uh, and for many people, it felt like we were just holding them up <laughs> like a boulder up a hill. And if we left they it would roll down, but mm. that's not, that's not the way to do community development. And that's ultimately what we were doing. We were doing community development work in a UK context, uh, different programs and initiatives that was all about people and all about the investment um, we could make in them as, as uh, wh whoever they were. Suddenly, uh, um, things started to change and we started to invest in a smaller group of people um, mm. and ourselves um, and, uh, and try to do a bit of less, but to have more, more kind of output. We started cutting things um, that didn't need to happen and we decided to start really kind of focusing on, on other things. So it was really about assessing how were we going to uh, build a uh, like community and all that happened in and around that community in a way that was sustainable um, and was aspiring for transformation um, and was trying to be effective in what we do. How would you say that experience that you have from a UK context, now you're working actively with project officers and you know international programs in many different country, uh, territories. Yeah. Um, what would you say are the main kind of principles and the things that you're seeing internationally which you can apply from your experience at home here in the UK? I think the, the great thing is that people often think about community development just in the international context. Oh, it happens in, in Africa, or it happens in South Asia or but uh, community development's happening all across the world. Um, and the, one of the greatest shifts has been the shift from when I was at university, we were studying the, the, you know, the millennium development goals. And then the shift to, which is all about the, you know, the global south, the developing world. And then the shift to these uh, 17 sustainable development goals that included the whole world. That included, you know, how we, we did things in Switzerland, to the US, to, to wherever, to, to Angola. So... I think that's been one of the biggest uh, shifts that's been, I think, really welcomed. Uh, well, I think it is a really positive step. And I think actually there'll be mutual learning between the Global South, the Global North, you know, communities from Yorkshire to Yemen or, or wherever, although they face different uh, contexts. But there are some things that are, some principles are, that probably are the same. Okay. So you've been working on a, a, a supportive document, which is fantastic, which is kind of just outlining what resilience, the definition of resilience within a Salvation Army context. And, um, and one of the things I've read in that document that you've been working on is, is resilience should be seen as, as what you call a golden thread, which weaves its way through everything we do. Can you just explain a little bit more about that and, and how this golden thread works its way into our programs and works its way into the way that we think and the way that we we manage things yeah yeah i've called it a golden thread uh, because if you take the sustainable development goals um the key focuses for the world if you look in all the sub goals um you will see resilience is just everywhere it's like interweaved with all our hopes and dreams of, you know, of education for people and for, for rights and, and, and for food security and, and for environmental protection, all that stuff, all that stuff doesn't matter in the long term if, if you're not resilient, if, there's, if it's not sustained and if communities are and projects and institutions are taken out of the game effectively because of uh, trends 
um, or, 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 or events, um, sometimes called shocks and stresses more in, in, the, in the, the more academic and, and, and the professional international development world. What, what, what's the point if you, if you work on this amazing WASH project and, you know, and a pandemic, you know, and that's, that's a huge challenge for everyone, but, or an earthquake or an economic downturn just, you know, wipes all those uh, achievements out of, out of the picture. Um, yeah, or takes key people, you know, a key person is who, who's had all the investment in is taken out of the picture for whatever reason, whether that's for health reasons or for Salvation Army reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so ultimately, if you can build with a resilience approach that invests strategically in people, uh, you are much likely to get the benefits of all our community development work um, post the project as well. Once the project life finishes, the three-year project or whatever it is, once that's done, there's so much fruit. If that, if you've invested in people, they will go on to do new and amazing things in a way um, that's because you've built in them, and they will be able to take on the the investments and the and the ongoing benefits of whatever the the work was uh, post project. And I think that's been one of the big negatives, perhaps, in the development sector for the last however many years. It's very kind of output driven, very uh, log frame driven very static um, not very kind of agile or a, a adaptive to things that 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 happen so that's why I think it's a, a golden thread um, if you you can you can have the best project in the world but if something happens that that changes the the ground um, and all your benefits are are lost then was that the best investment in money the best approach to take and I would say no that that actually leads me to to another question in in terms of how do we become more resilient and the big question the big word there is how in our context of community development international working yeah. across many different territories how do we do it like what are the steps that we can take to ensure that this approach is being encouraged in the different contexts that we're working in yeah i think that we've taken a lot of kind of inspiration from um, Lutheran World Relief and from Oxfam and, and from various other uh, charities who uh, have been working with this for some time. And I think our understanding the how is that, okay, let's start with, okay, we've established that we're talking about the community or the person or the institution. Okay, that's, that's the focus of, of, the to- of the topic. But the how is, okay, take that person Let's talk about their social contacts within their world, their life, you know, in their life. Uh, where are the strengths and what can be strengthened of their social contacts networks? Uh, let's talk about um, their human capitals, you know. So we've talked about their social capital. Let's talk about their human capitals. You know, that's, and by that, I mean, kind of their skills, their, and maybe, the, you know, the spiritual life, what's, uh, what's really driving them? Uh, what's part of their emotions? What's part of their, um, yeah, what can they do and what can they offer? Um, what's their economic capitals? You know, it's a big thing if you've got money. Um, if you've got money to get counselling um, or the government can assist you with money, you know, pay for your counselling, that that makes a, a big a big impact or, or money to invest in the tools to to farm, for example. <laughs> Um, if you don't have that, that's that's a big thing. Uh, and maybe you know what's the capitals of the your physical capitals of the the land and the the situation you're in, 
um, if you if there's no road out of your farm to get to a main um, you know to a main highway or or you know or, or transport connection then yeah that's something you're going to have to take so what makes up the life of the person what capitals do they have where can we uh, invest um, strategically in that from there you kind of move to a uh, another kind of um, more resilience um, uh, based topic so so resilience as a, a topic and I would say resilience is um, I, I've often chatted through with you about this Ben that for me resilience is both a is a neutral uh, word um, some of the worst terrorists in the world um, organizations are very resilient we're seeing the resurgence of of, of, and the resilience of some of these groups so it's a neutral word so what makes up a, a resilient organization person well it's things like their ability to 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 self-organize um, can they organize themselves to to be effective do they have um, connections globally locally nationally um, do they have the ability to learn from past um, things that have happened to them um, and can they apply that that learning to the to the wider group of people, um, or they're going to have to, you know, keep falling over the same uh, mistakes again? Do they ha do we have access to resources? Um, we mentioned, yeah, you might have a family that has ac access to a great healthcare system and, and a family that doesn't. And what about the speed of those? How quickly can you access resources? If you can work through a, you know, a plan on each of those uh, categories, how are we actually um, gonna do those things, include people, inc make sure gender's uh, important, make sure that we're looking wider than our community. If you can already start to build those uh, things in, um, rather than just putting the borehole in, or um, rather than just doing the farming project if you can in really invest in in people and their connections into those resilience topics um you're really going to be building some real um uh, strength in people for for the day that that's coming when they that may bear even more fruit than it would do in the present anyway and ultimately all of that is leading to uh, to three main um capacities for people and this really links to the the definition of uh, for me anyway of resilience is just the ability to to bounce back technical word to to absorb what's happened just to bounce back so you you end up having the same kind of identity or strength of character as that which you had before the the, the shock or stress that 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 put you under the, the pressure that you needed to be resilient or then can you it also leads to are you adapting do we have this adaptive capacity if you take covid again it's obviously top of everyone's mind is is that we can't go back to the way we used to do things so the, the the communities individuals the institutions that can adapt they will be uh more resilient um if you try and go back to the way you were before um yeah it won't work for many people the world has changed um seismically then the other key aspect of of what resilience is is the ability to transform the situation Again, if you take if you take COVID again, there's some countries that are going to get to um, a cure or um, uh, yeah or, or or health provisions that are going. Let's say the cure, they're going to come up with a cure for COVID. They can transform the situation so that they won't ever have to encounter the the kind of the pandemic of this particular disease. They will have the cure and hopefully 
they will be able to make it accessible. They're transforming the situation. So, so that's ultimately, I, I would say a lot of people would commonly just think of resilience as the bouncing back. Um, there was a famous football Premier League manager who coined the phrase, uh, my team's got bounce back ability, which wasn't a word at the time, but it's now in the Oxford Dictionary. Um, and all he meant was that they were two down and they, they managed to come back and draw two all. They, they got back to the parity which, which they had before the, the shock of going two goes down, you know, pretty quickly. And I think one of the challenges, isn't it, is linking the or making that that connection between real life context in where we work as the Salvation Army around the world mm. and this kind of conceptual kind of theoretical idea of resilience. Like, let me ask you the question then, resilience and our faith, how do the two interlink with each other? And how does that work with the Salvation Army being a faith-based organization? So how does faith and, and inter- community development, um, I think there's great evidence to show that communities, the communities that have at the center of them something about hope, something about what's to come, um, something about this is going to get this is going to get better. Those communities who have this kind of um, this lens of the future, uh, they are they often bounce back quicker. Basically, there are all sorts of resources in 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 our faith um, that can really uh, help us. Yeah, help us to to bounce back quicker. If you if you look at because faith and it's not just about this inner the, the things that we pray about or, or whatever it's the whole lens of how we view life it's the way we spend our money that when a shock or a stress happens or what are you going to do with your money um are you gonna give more or or the circumstances dictate that you're going to need to give less but does it mean you, you're going to need to give more of your time there are lots of kind of parts of faith that are not exclusive to faith but as communities gather around an idea, around a, an idea of a person that is very present and very real and is very real to us as Christians, um, that, you know, the life of Jesus and, and, and this idea of bringing heaven uh, to earth now, not just this future vision as well. But it helps in the everyday just to put one foot in front of the other and recognizing that we're a people of faith and a people of hope um, and that things um that things will get better now the challenge is now we end up some of the really deep stuff is is that for some people uh things uh don't get better um and that's been a challenge as 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 i've had two colleagues salvation army officers uh one who died of covid and one who after months of um being very close to death um is now uh, well on the road to recovery. So the challenge is the where is the role of faith. Um, what does res- what does resilience mean when things don't always get better because of faith? Well, those are those are huge huge questions, and you end up in actually some of the very deepest um, things about a community and faith. Well, what does it mean to lament together? What does it mean to um, understand that god is not completely dictating everything that goes on because if he because if he did he wouldn't couldn't be all loving if he was absolutely in control of all the things that that would all the shocks and all the the stresses that we could well do without um what does it mean that because he's all loving it means that there are some other things that will 
that will just happen. There are other effects of, of evil in the structures that basically put people into poverty that are kind of part of, of the world and other random stuff that just uh, happens. So the challenges for, for, for people of faith is, is how do they come together to hope and dream of the future and trying to bring it into the present, but also recognize that actually uh, we can be amongst each other and be with each other in the hardships. And that is going to really develop resilience. Not all the communities we serve will be people of faith or even of our, our Christian faith. But one of the things that we do have is the ability to talk about life in a, a parallel or a parable or use the stories that we find in, in scripture to, to think about what does, what does resilience, what did resilience mean to, to Jesus? What does it mean that he used to, to take uh, time out, a lot of time out <laughs> for prayer and, and, and for reflection uh, to get him kind of ready for what he needed to do? I mean, that really opens up so much that we could spend another whole couple of podcasts exploring. It's a that. different it's podcast. Massive, it's a, it's, it's a, a podcast. podcast. It's a different podcast about faith. Maybe we could do that in a few months time, I don't know, about faith and development. My thanks to Ben for taking the time to speak to us about his work on resilience. If you'd like to learn more about what he was sharing, please do get in touch with us through our website or email id at salvationarmy.org.uk. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Follow and subscribe for news of upcoming episodes.